that is the amazing, beautiful side effect of knowing yourself is whole and complete that you can't not see everybody else as whole and complete. And that's when we begin to heal the world. I mean, this is such a big, beautiful conversation. Hello, hello, and welcome to House of Low. I'm Lo, and I am on a mission to create safe spaces to help every single woman on this earth feel her power, live from her truth, find her magic, and discover a love for herself so deeply that it opens her up to love others, step into her purpose, and live life abundantly. I'm so excited you have found your way here. Thank you for joining me. Here we go. Today's episode is already powerful. I feel the energy through the screen with this incredible woman. So here we go. Today, I am talking with the incredible Amy Wong, who is a founder and executive coach and a best-selling author of her new book, which is called Living on Purpose. We know that so much of what we talk about here is purpose and walking in our purpose and finding what we're here to do, what our unique mission is on this earth at this time. So welcome, welcome, Amy, to the House of Low podcast. And thank you so much for making the time today. Thank you so much, Lauren. I can't wait for our conversation. I can already tell it's going to be so fun. (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah, today's tea is on moving from surviving to thriving. And I know that's a very cliche notion, but it is real life. There are so many people I know that are in survival mode. I was in survival mode for most of my life. And what does it look like to feel safe enough to thrive in our culture? What does it look like to trust that we will thrive and that we are thriving now in the present? And I'm so excited to explore all avenues of that. But before we do that, Amy, I would love for you to give some background on you, anything about your story, what you're focused on now, and tell us about your new book. Absolutely. So I have been a coach for over a decade. And I founded Always On Purpose in 2011. Now this coaching I've been doing professionally for you know over 10 years, but I've been doing it for far longer than that. I just didn't realize it. Yeah. You know, so today I primarily focus on working with leaders and executives and teams on all things, growth, transformation, and flow. So those three topics are extremely exciting and I'm very passionate about all of those three things. I tend to narrow in on the medium of communication. And that's really where my expertise is, Mm. is all things communication. Because this right here, this medium, the one you and I are using, Lauren, to make magic happen. And this is where everything happens. It's in this medium. And yet we kind of don't think about it that way. It's what happens is we just show up with a good intention and hope for the best and then wonder why things might fall apart. And so where I really focus my, a lot of my work is, is getting this medium just right. So it's zooming out, putting a spotlight on this and getting it right. Because this, gosh, this is, this is where it's all at. And the way I see it, communication really is a, it's an effect of the relationship we have with ourselves. So the work gets super deep and I absolutely love it. So like I said, I've been doing it for 10 years leading up to this though. And it's funny because People are like, it's so interesting that you're in this field now, Amy, because I studied mathematics at UC Berkeley and ah. then I got my master's in transpersonal psychology. And so people yeah. are like, how the heck yeah. did you move from those fields to this? And this is where I say, well, I didn't realize it back then, but 
my deep passion for both math and music and language. It's interesting how it all really has coalesced to this point where, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. Yes, the science and the rigor of training a mathematical mind, right, in order to take large amounts of data and find patterns and meaning, and then to be able to articulate it in a very irrefutable way. That's that's math, right? And so the search for truth, understanding the universe in that way, that's that's on this side. But then my master's is in transpersonal psychology, which is a search for truth, but totally in a subjective, nonlinear sense. And so sure. when I studied both, I did it purely out of just deep passion and fascination. And then Coaching yeah. found me. So here we are. <laughs> and, and I am overjoyed. And the book that I've written, now bestseller, I'm so honored and delighted. And it's actually, it's helping people, which I just totally wanted that to be the case. This has been in the works for many, many years. And so it was released earlier this year. And it's a roadmap for thriving. How to move from creating on accident to succeeding and thriving on purpose. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you talk about, you just said how you're, your purpose and your mission found you. And I have found in my own life, I mean, I'm just a believer in synchronicity. I don't even know why we debate synchronicity now. Our <laughs> lives are basically all synchronicity. Yeah. But I just believe that everything is connected. But I also, in my own life, have witnessed how I have been divinely guided, sometimes against my own, you know, my ego's will towards mm-hmm. the real purpose that I'm here mm-hmm. to live mm-hmm. out. And it's mm-hmm. not just in career. This is the big mistake. That's right. I preach all the time. I use preach because I feel like sometimes I'm aggressive about it, but it's like (laughs) your life is an example. We are all meant to lead by example in our lives. Because if we're preaching and writing books and speaking, but we're treating the people that we're close to like shit, the curtain will get pulled up, you know? And for all of us to, I think, remain humble and know that we don't like as much as we know, we know nothing, right? That's the Oh, that's right. That's exactly. I just love because it is like I think a lot of people that are trying to understand what they're here to do, they struggle because their gifts are something that they might be at odds with. Uh And you know why? It's because they were told that their gifts should be something else, (laughs) that they should be focusing on something else. Right. So it's it's exactly it's exactly right. We we learn to navigate away from our innate inner knowing, our instincts, our intuition, because the outside world is telling us and giving us this quote unquote formula we should be following, you know, which it's all ridiculous, honestly, at the end of the day, but you're absolutely right. Mm, Thank you. I can't wait to get into this team. This is is a big topic, but before we do, I want people to get to know you. And so I would love for you to answer some rapid fires that we have here. All right. And just whatever comes to mind, tap into your intuition. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. The first is, give me one word that describes you and your essence. Mm, Passionate. Yeah, I feel it. (laughs) That's what people say about me too. So I love, I love. I feel you, sister. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) We're vibing already. That's right. Okay, what's your mantra for life? Oh my gosh, I've got a handful of them. Yep. The first is there is no right decision. There's only a decision. My job is to live it out the best I know how. So that's a big one. And the other one is it's always working out for me. Always. Always. Yeah. I've got a bunch more, but I'll just, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. What ritual makes you feel gorgeous? Oh my goodness. (laughs) 
gorgeous. <laughs> Let's see. Everyone, everybody that I ask that, they react to the word gorgeous. And that's my favorite because we Hmm. don't believe we're gorgeous. And this is what I'm trying to get us to believe. (laughs) You want to know what it is? Okay. It's getting ready every morning with my makeup mirror on. Yes. I (laughs) love it. I love it. Light and makeup mirror. I just feel so like... Yes. Gosh darn, you look good, Amy. But yes. I don't. I mean, just want to walk around with that lit makeup mirror all the time. Like, look it. at this. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and looking in the mirror and the symbolic. But with that, yeah, mirror. with that amazing light, I'm like, can't I just walk around with this everywhere? <laughs> yeah, just follow me with these. Lights. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you for that. I love that. Okay. What is an action you took recently that came from a place of abundance? You know what? This is going to sound so lame, but I feel like every action I take comes from a place of amazing. Here's the other mantra I didn't share that I actually, I joke around with friends. It totally has to do with money and it's so much fun. And you know how we always say, easy come, easy go? Mm -hmm. Well, my mantra is easy go, easy come. (laughs) Easy spend and it just comes right back. And so I have to say there is every decision I make, I just expect abundant flow. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's a super exciting answer, but it's no, the it is. No, it's so beautiful. Yeah. That yeah. is the place I pray we all get to. So yeah. congratulations yeah. on that. Oh, well, thank you. I love when we flip the scripts. That's how we rebels do it. That's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Easy go, easy come. That's right. <laughs> okay. What is something that can always be found on your table? Any table you have? Aside from my phone, <laughs> yeah. probably a big glass of water, you know, it's, Love it. yeah, any, any table I'm, it's, I mean, that's also not a sexy answer, but it's also the truth. <laughs> Stay hydrated. Yes. I yeah. Do. Well, you know, and well, the bigger answer, I'll show you it for, I almost always have this big pitcher of water because I, I use love it, it as a, it's also a teaching tool I use for the topic of resistance and I Ooh. use it to, throughout, which we'll probably get to it. today, no doubt, but I love it. it's always Amy, on my table. Amy held up this beautiful, like, it's almost like a bougie version of a mason jar, but also like a flower vase that she keeps <laughs> the water in and it's gorgeous. And that's right. It's that's beautiful. how you drink your water right there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay. What nourishment brings you the most joy? Any way that you nourish yourself? Getting massages? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I love me some touch. Okay. Oh my God, me too. I'm like a yeah. cat, you know? You start, yes. you start purring. I'm like, don't stop, don't stop. I lean into it, you me know? Me too. I'm like a cat, that's for sure. Okay, last question, which is the signature question of my mission at the House of Low, which is, for you, what does it mean to come home to you? Oh, it's to know myself absolutely is unconditionally whole and complete. Yeah. And that to me is what unconditional love is. Because I think we have right. this That's right. really weird understanding of what unconditional love is, but truly to thrive, it's to have that relationship with self because that's it's so fundamental. So to come back to me is to know myself, not believe, know myself yeah. as unconditionally whole and complete. Thank you. That actually yeah. like, made me emotional hearing that. I just pray that everyone can come to a place where they feel, where we all feel whole and complete because we will treat every other human outside of us with, with unconditional love. That is a true, right. I just got 
goosebumps when you said yeah. that, because that is a truth. And that's what actually I write about in my book. And that's at the yeah. end where it's like, that is the amazing, beautiful side effect of knowing yourself is whole and complete that you can't not see everybody else as whole and complete. Yeah, that's and true. that's when we begin to heal the world. I mean, this is such a big, beautiful conversation. Such a big, Let's beautiful conversation. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. Thank you. We are definitely on the exact same page, which is such a gift that the divine connected us. So I'm so grateful to God for that. So I want to jump in to living our purpose and the concept of purpose. First, tell me how you define purpose for people. Yeah. And I'm glad you asked this because, I mean, purpose is a noun, which I'm hearing you talk about, is really interesting to me. And it definitely comes up in conversation all the time. And That to me is somewhat secondary to the way in which I want to talk about purpose is really more of an adverb. So on purpose, being on purpose, which is really more of a state of being that is one of presence where we recognize that our moments are choice points where we get to either react to the stuff around us or respond. Mm -hmm. And so it's in that, decision that we make either to react unconsciously, which is really kind of living on accident, to being responsive, which is being on purpose. And so when we can choose to be and decide, it's really when we just decide, I'm going to be more on purpose. I want to be in the driver's seat of my own life. I want to harness choice in a more powerful way. Yeah, That's when really then purpose as a noun starts to become so much more clear, obvious, where it's not this like, oh, I've got to go find my purpose. It's like, wait a minute, I'm living my purpose just by being who I am. And it's more of a way of being than it is a thing. And so, you know, this whole thing around on purpose, it's really about harnessing choice. And it's not choice at the action level so much. I mean, because that's interesting too. Like, of course, like if you want to thrive, like we were talking about, Of course, you're going to want to make choices that are going to serve you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, sure, right? But at the same time, what dictates the quality of life emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically really has to do with the choice we make at the level of perception, meaning how I choose to perceive, how I choose to interpret, what I choose to believe, what I and therefore think, say, and do. And so it's harnessing choice at that level of perception. And that is where I think things get really interesting. And that's where we can make the most impact and create the most transformation for ourselves. I have never heard it described like that. It's funny because there's a machine in here. I won't name her because then she'll start asking me. But the second second you said respond versus react, she dinged. And I I feel like that was the universe going, yeah, that's what y'all need to learn how to do. (laughs) So anyway, I just want to call that out because it was very specifically when you said that, you know, I just love love that you, you explore the concept and aspect of perception, because Mm -hmm. here's the thing. Everybody is looking for the absolute truth in their life. Humans, well, I should say the ego wants to see things in black and white, right and wrong, good and bad. The ego does not see the gray, but when you go down the spiritual path, it's all gray. Oh. It's all gray. Because it all just is. Because there is no right or wrong. But what's so fun about this conversation, but there is this thing called duality. And there is this thing that's like both and it's both Both and and. but it's not wrong or bad. It's Mm -hmm. just what is. And so 
Yeah. When you get to the realm of the spiritual, it is, and this is what is, and it's all divine. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And one of the things too, that I think keeps people distracted from living and walking in their purpose is by concerning themselves with everybody else, even people that they're intimately involved with. Because we, especially as women, but I think everyone does this across the spectrum, we take on other people's problems so that we can run away from our own. And Mm -hmm. we take on other people's emotions and we try to solve other people's stuff. But that's great in moments, compassion, forgiveness, holding space, moments for all of it. We all do a lot of it. but. To go within and look in the mirror and say, Mm -hmm. how am I perceiving myself Mm -hmm. in this moment, to your point? Mm -hmm. How am I perceiving the other in this Mm -hmm. conflict or in this interaction? Mm -hmm. And how am I going to choose to move forward? Because we Mm -hmm. are all blessed with the gift of free will. And honestly, I recorded last week with a friend of mine and he and I were talking about how our lives are movies. How do we want it to go? That's and right. Yeah, there's going to be ups and downs. It's a it's a windy yellow brick road that gets to the pot of gold at the end. It really is. <laughs> and so, but for me, it's like, I've had to learn because I'm so sensitive to energy. I'm so empathic. I'm sure you are too. And mm. I feel everyone's stuff, you know, mm. and I feel what people aren't saying. And that's hard because mm. I can't point the finger at them and say, you're not speaking your truth. They have to come to that on their own if they ever mm. do. Uh, right. Me, I've had to look deep within about how I reacted to people and have been in reactive mode throughout my life because of my lack of awareness and perception of what was really happening. Or like you said, how I was choosing. What are your thoughts on that? Oh my gosh, so much, so much. I want to go back to something you said around, was right when you kicked this off, you said it so well. It's, we're essentially getting in our own way because we care so much about other people. And we care so much about, and really in B2B, to be fair, we care so much about what people think about us. Well, that's, there is you just hit it on the such head. <laughs> a preoccupation around this, like, how am I being perceived? And, you know, and it's, it's universal. It is. And it's a human thing. the reason I wrote the book that I did when I wrote Living on Purpose, like it, this is so magical. I was in the midst of being certified for conversational intelligence, which is has everything to do with the neuroscience of trust. And I'm like completely enthralled by all of it. Now, on the on the other side of the equation, I am deeply embedded in all things and you know, interpersonal neurobiology and all things transformation and transpersonal psychology. And, you know, on the outside, you wouldn't see that they are related. But here's what's fascinating, Lauren. When I learned about the neuroscience of rejection and how it literally registers as physical pain and how rejection, there is a wiring within us from the the day that we're born to the day that we die. We are hardwired to avoid rejection like we avoid the plague because it it literally is like death to the brain. Because think about it, when a baby's born, an infant, in order to survive, right? You would think, okay, it's food, water, shelter. No, no, no. That, I mean, that will come, that will follow if mom or dad buy in. And so there is a wiring within each of us that has us so primally needing, requiring that sense of connection, safety, belonging, and approval. Okay, so what's the flip side? Well, then now we have a wiring that has us fearing rejection. Okay, fascinating, because it's exactly that primal fear that 
dictates a lot of our perception. And when I learned this, it was as if, oh my gosh, everything now that I've been studying in all aspects of my life and been working with clients clicked. And I'm like, this is it. It's exactly the sphere of rejection that has us forming the false limiting beliefs that we do in order to stay safe. Oh my gosh, I get this now. And so when I see this, I'm like, okay, this preoccupation we have with what other people think about what, how are we going to be perceived? And then let's take it further. It's not even just overtly, you know, are they going to judge me? It's more so, should I follow the should path? Like, okay, I was told, like I was told somewhere along in, in growing up that if I get good grades and I get into a good school and I get a good job and then I make lots of money, then I'll be happy. And so I now train myself away from listening to that inner guidance like we were talking about. Like, what do I love? What is my passion? What is my purpose? What lights me up? I'm at crosswires with this because the formula out there that I started to follow because I'm so afraid of rejection, that tells me I, I actually shouldn't be into art. I shouldn't be into singing. I shouldn't be whatever it might be, right? And so there is so much to what you're talking about right here. And, you know, if we are going to thrive, we have to wake up to this. We have to recognize the role that rejection plays in our life, the beliefs that we have formed as a result of trying to stay safe from rejection, and then taking a good hard look at this imaginary should reality that we hold ourselves hostage to and never fully check out should according to who what big book in the sky says if you're going to do it right you got to do it just like this it doesn't exist and so if we're going to wake up it's waking up like that harnessing choice at that level and it's totally possible and I spell it out in the book so got to get the book (laughs) wow I'm so happy you took it there. And I had no idea you were going to say that and take that there. And I had no idea the research connects those dots, but it, I have lived that. So my core wound in this life is unworthiness, which Mm. is heavily linked to rejection. Oh, I mean, it's uh, same thing. It's yeah, yeah. that's right. No, Mm -hmm. but the most painful, Mm -hmm. there's about five of them experiences in my life were rejection or what I've learned, you know, was perceived rejection because it's not as direct as we think it is. That's exactly right. Everyone is rejecting, you know, this is what I've learned. And I really believe this. We're all mirrors for each other in some way. Yeah. When people reject us, they are rejecting the person that is looking back at them that reminds them of themselves or something something about themselves. Either it's something they're triggered by about themselves, something they wish they were more of about themselves, or it's something that hurt them in the past that they want to avoid in us, right? And we do the same thing to other people. And so rejection can sometimes be very quietly happening, or it can be to your point, like more directly spoken or or in action. But a lot of rejection comes from vibes. It's just, you oh. feel it. You can feel, oh, yeah. sometimes I'm in conversations with people. I can feel they're rejecting what I'm saying or me in some way, shape or form. And I shut down. I catch oh, it shutting down. And that's the neurobiology of rejection. Yeah. We go into protect mode. Yeah. And that essentially goes into surviving mode. It's so it's, yep. there's a, oh, absolutely. It's deep. It's deep. And it's you're deep. right. Like, I'm a big believer in having to look at our darkest nature, our shadow, whatever we want to call it. It is there and alive and well and running the show often if we don't look at it. And And all of us have it. And so all of us have it. And the reason and my hypothesis has been that, you know, as children, and I think primarily what I'm about to say happens when we're young, you know, as children, we're navigating the world 
with the primal directive to stay in connection with those of influence, namely our mom and dad and caregiver. And it's the first experience of perceived significant rejection that to a child's brain is like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm going to (gasps) die. I got to protect myself. Hold on. Wait a minute. Can't be my, oh, why did this happen? It must be my fault. It must be because I'm unworthy. And so we imprint that, that core wound, that core limiting belief as a way of making sense of significant perceived rejection in our developing years. And again, another reason I had to write this book is because I work with a lot of executives in really amazing companies, you know, Fortune 500 500 companies, startups. And, you know, a lot of people think that they're the only ones struggling with imposter syndrome, that they're the only ones that struggle with the sense of like incompetency or, oh my gosh, I'm going to get found out. Or like, I really don't know what I'm talking (laughs) about. And I'm like, everybody feels like this. They just aren't talking about it. And everyone's silently suffering. And so again, I had to write this because I'm like, look, you're not alone. I feel it. You feel it. We all feel it. And we're all just, I mean, and I say this with love, we're just big balls of dysfunction running around bumping into each other, you know, and, and that's okay. You know, and I think, you know, one of the things I want to bring to the forefront in this conversation is our paths of healing growth are not linear. It's not like, oh yeah, take a year and do all your shadow work. And the next year you're going to thrive. So I want you to like talk about if someone's listening right now and they're in the midst of like the latest tower moment, life pulled the rug out from them or, or they're noticing they're in uh, I think an even worse state than tower moments are when you're noticing how complacent you are in every day, but you're miserable. That's when it's bad. So if someone is in a situation like that right now and they are in this work, they've been reading books, listening to things, but they don't know where to start or they can't seem to like take the action in their own life or make the choice. What would you offer to them as a starting point? You know, this is going to either sound super inspiring and encouraging or super annoying. And so I'll say, I'll (laughs) say (laughs) here it is, you know, and, and so it's growth does not happen in the light. No, it can, but really our true growth happens in the dark. And so when we are in those real hard moments, when we are in those moments where we feel stuck, when we feel like, oh my gosh, I don't know where to turn. So the good news about life is that the only thing that is certain is that everything is uncertain and everything's changing. Nothing is constant. That is the one thing about life. Nothing is constant. So we have to get this idea out of our head that I'm going to get stuck here in this really suboptimal state. Never true. Never true. Never. It's a period in time. So then step one, okay, this is a period in time. So just accept that this is a period in time. Step two, wow, this is fertilizer. This isn't shit. This is manure because guess what? This is the contrast that I need in order to develop the ideas of actually what it is that I want to be, Mm. who I want to be. Because as Abraham Hicks, if you're familiar, I love how she teaches this, which is you can't know what you want unless you know what you don't want. Mm -hmm. And what I say is you can't know who you are unless you know who you're not. And so in order to claim who you are, which is truly the path of the most realized life is to claim, not to just stumble into, but to claim who you are, that really requires that you come to terms with who you aren't. But what does that mean? That means experiencing the crap, experiencing stuff you don't like, the pain. And so when you're in it, rather than feeling like you're a victim of it, you could see it as this is fertilizer. And while it's not fun, I'm actually getting something out of this. 
And it will pass because on the other side of this is growth. You know, and we see this in reality all the time, like a pole vaulter, right? A pole vaulter, in order to get really high, you got to get really low. That's right. And so it's it's the natural forces of existence. You know, one of the things that I did on the way to <laughs> in the dark shit times, which I mean, they come and go. It's not like it's just, oh, Lolo's done with oh, the yeah. dark times. No, oh, no, they it's come. Constant, yeah. I call them mountain moments. Isn't that, there'll be another mountain to climb soon. <laughs> Not manifesting that, but just saying there will be. And you'll never see them coming. So stop living, waiting for the other shoe to drop, my loves, because you'll never see them coming. Don't even try. But my whole thing is, I have a big personality. Can you tell? (laughs) I'm intense. I have a lot of passion. I am a big physical being. I'm tall. I'm five, nine and a half. I have a low voice. I, you can't miss me. And that's been my problem my whole life is I wanted people to miss me, okay? Because it's hard to be in a bigger body in our culture. It's hard to be a feminine being with this, okay? With the way I am. And, you know, one of the things I noticed, this is a very small thing, but something that really made me lift the curtain up for myself was I would never like look in the mirror a lot. Like I would, you know, getting ready and stuff, yes, but I would run by mirrors, especially if I was getting dressed. Like I couldn't look at my body fully, you know, all the body Mm -hmm. image stuff is one of the big wounds for me. And that was very connected to me not launching my podcast, using Mm -hmm. my voice, putting myself out there, hiding. This is what I do. I hide or have, Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to not do that anymore. I am not, I'm choosing to not do that. Good, good. But, you know, That was a very simple thing where like when I started to just like when I would walk by a mirror, just like look at myself and be like, there you are, Lauren. It's okay. You look fine. It's fine. Like just go out there and do your best today. I mean, it sounds dumb, but like this is the real shit, my loves. Like this is how you get to a place where you're unattached to anything outside of you that you realize that you are the one you've been waiting for. That's right. Oh, that's so thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And And that is the effect of a core wound of unworthiness. That's right. Right. And so many of us, all of us have some core wound. For me, it's I'm a burden, right? So it's Mm -hmm. it's always going to be some form of I'm not good enough, right? And so for me, it's like I'm a burden. And so with that lens, we walk through life trying to prevent others from finding that out, from from us even looking at that. And so how does it show up? Not wanting to look in a mirror in your case, you know, but good for you. Thank you for piercing through that and doing this good work because you benefit humanity by doing so. Thank you. And so do you. And thank you for holding space for that. It's funny, you know, there's never, there's new levels of vulnerability. Like even as I was saying that out loud, my heart was beating and I was like, (gasps) my soul's like, keep talking, but my body's like, ooh, trauma, you know? (laughs) So it's like, whatever. But but for me, I want to live by example because I know it pains me to think of the silent battles everyone's fighting. It really does. And I can't, I want to do, and I know you're the same. We want to do everything we can to limit that because we've all lived our own silent battles. And that's why I want to go here next. You know, for you, when it comes to looking at our unique gifts. Talk to me about your perspective on everyone having gifts that they're, that is just, I think we come into this life with them and I think they're either nurtured or hidden, you know, they're neither nurtured or not. And then we sort of struggle with them or don't, it depends. But like, talk to me about our gifts as it relates to our purpose. Mm, Yeah. And I would say gifts, gifts, strengths, essence. Yeah. All of that is rather synonymous to me. And the way I think about it is it's a way of being in the world that 
one lights us up mm-hmm. that we just beyond enjoy doing. It just feels like a heartbeat. Yeah. It feels like we're really, when I say really good at it, it's not like, oh, because it's a, like a talent. It's, it's just, it's innate where it's like, oh, it's like a heartbeat. And so I tend to think of this essence and strengths and gifts really as the intersection between what is it that I absolutely love to do? Like what way of being or what sort of action or like, what is it that I absolutely love to do? What is it that I'm super duper, duper, duper good at? Meaning not because I've like, it's good for me to be good at, but it's like, it's like breathing for me. It's like, it's just so natural. It's like, I lose track of time when I'm kind of in that way of being. And it's the intersection of those two things. Like that, that's really what gives us the most meaning. That's when we feel like we are on purpose and we are being purposeful. And for me, like, so, well, then you'd have to ask, like, well, what is an example of like gifts and essence and strengths? If we think about it this way, and it really could be anything. Now for me, I knew very early on that I was, I mean, gosh, really early. I was fascinated just by listening to somebody it was, it was actually when I started tutoring math in high school because uh-huh. math is a passion of mine. And so I started teaching math and I became fascinated with really identifying what it was that people didn't know that they didn't know. And so yeah. I recognized, oh my gosh, I am really like, I just fall into this place of like, I love getting into these, like the inner world of someone to understand what is it that's holding them back. And for me, that's, that's being able to translate, that's being able to perceive, reframe. And so those are gifts, those are strengths, but like, is it my purpose? I don't know, but it sure feels amazing to do it. And so I always tell people, you know, when it comes to living into your purpose or when it comes to truly living your authentic self, it's really powerful to just decide, say, okay, what is my essence? Well, what does that mean? Well, what is my essence? Like as in terms of a, a quality or a skill, or something that just feels delicious and amazing to say. Like for me, my essence is one of empowerment, Mm. joy, wisdom, and freedom, like, and possibility. Possibility is a big one. And so like that to me, that's my essence. Those are my gifts. That's my strength. Now, is that objectively true? No, it's true because I say it's true. And this is what's so great about strengths and essence and gifts is that you get to decide. And the way you know you're onto something is it feels amazing when you claim it for yourself, right? Because if you say, oh, I really want to say creative and you're like, "Mm, yeah, it sounds like a good idea, but it doesn't feel like, well, then that's not it. But if when you say it and you're like, gosh, yeah, this just feels amazing that the thought of me being this, it's almost uncomfortably exciting. It's so great. That's when you know you are onto something. So you just claim it. It could be creativity. It could be love. It could be grace. It could be possibility. It could be loyalty. I mean, it doesn't matter, but it's, it just feels right. It feels good. I love that you said that you ended that with claiming it because that takes us full circle back to how everything is a choice in our lives. And Mm -hmm. people really like to back themselves in a corner. I did that for years. I mean, we all do. It's like victim consciousness. And then you learn that abundance can flow into one's life. If we want to look at one aspect of abundance, which is which is money, because abundance is so much more than that. The way money comes in is when we're living from joy. Like, yeah. to be honest, I recently, you know, have started to travel for a while and I left my like apartment and all that life behind for a little bit. And 
I've gotten more business than ever. How do you explain <laughs> that? I didn't make no moves. I haven't promoted myself at all. People barely know what I do. So yeah, it's like, that's amazing. I explain that, right? It's because yeah. I am in a joyful state. The real key in life is to become magnetic. This is where I struggle with the manifesting community. It's like every day I'm calling in. Blah, 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 blah. That's just scarcity in my opinion. It's like, <laughs> what does it look like to, to your point, do something because it just feels good. Yes. That moves your nervous system into a magnetic state. And that's yeah. how you track things. Attract that's right. things in or- that's, that's exactly attraction, right. Albert Einstein. This isn't new. I don't know why we debate this, but fine, we'll debate it. But it's like, <laughs> this is how life works. And we attract what we are, not what we desire. Uh, <laughs> the goal is correct. to merge what we are with what we desire. But often those things are at odds. And I think it's because we deny our, our innermost truth. Like for me, I have two sides of me. I'm deeply like, I'm like an extrovert introvert. Like I'm deeply passionate. I love to connect with people and I need enormous amounts of alone time. I'm incredibly empathic, sensitive. I need Mm -hmm. hours of alone time Mm -hmm. because everybody's stuff. So people wouldn't expect that from me, you know? And then I have to have the boundary of saying like, I just need to take like a 30 minute walk just by myself. Like I'll be back. And to trust the people in my life can really love and celebrate that. And then I come back and I feel more creative or rejuvenated to use Mm -hmm. my gifts, if you will. Purpose is our lifestyle, with our career and our business or whatever we do. It's not about like, you know, purpose is just my career. And then I'm like, no, right. Myself way of being. In my life. Yeah. No, it's a way of being, you yeah. know, purpose really is a way of being in which you are purposeful, like choosing it intentional and, and living an essence that brings you joy and meaning. Yeah. Because as you say, like when you are in that state, then things flow because this yeah. is an energetic universe. Yes. Yeah, it's, that's exactly right. Yeah. And you know, it's a, it's a big topic though, because I mean, a big, big thing that I have to help people with, especially yeah. in coaching, because they always want to create, like, it's always about, well, I want to achieve something. I want to get somewhere. I want, I need yes. clarity on like, what's next and what's the next thing? How am I going to get to this next stage in my life? And I say, that's all exciting and fine. And we'll, we'll talk about that, but we need to really zoom out here and help you see that everything you want and everything you think you want, it's not for the thing. It's not for the title. It's not for the money. It's because you think it's going to make you feel a certain way. And so unless you bring that awareness into the equation, you're going to be spinning your wheels and making life a lot harder for yourself. And so part of manifesting is, and it's not woo-woo, it's really getting clear. What is it I want to feel? Because oftentimes we think we want something. So for example, I really want this promotion. I really want this promotion. Why? Because I was told somewhere at some point that it's really right to constantly progress. And and so you don't really check it out. And then you're like, I want this promotion. I want this promotion. And then if you don't like, but I really want to feel balanced. I don't feel present with my kids and I want to feel at ease. And now you're at crosshairs because you get this promotion and it's the complete opposite. It's going to create the absolute different reality than actually what you really want. But unless you check that out for yourself, ah, right? And so the ways in which we manifest a life of our dreams is by being clear, what is it I want to feel and be unapologetic about it. I couldn't agree more. That is a mic drop moment because a lot of us do not give ourselves permission. You know, we cram our day so we don't have to slow down and be still and really say, am I happy? Not does he make me happy or do they make me happy? Am I happy? And happiness comes from within. Like you make you happy. I make me happy. And everything else is just an addition. It's like we're a Christmas tree and everything is just ornaments on the tree. You know, for me, it's like I have had to do so much inner work for years alone 
building my foundation where it's not shaky anymore. It's a solid foundation. And that brings me to my last area I want to explore and get your take on, which is masculine and feminine energy. Let's talk Mm. about it. We all got both. I've talked about this 70,000 times on the podcast, but I like to remind people it's not gender. That's right. Most most women, to speak to women, are operating in their masculine. That's why they're burnt out and their bodies are all screwed up. Yeah, Men are completely disconnected from their feminine energy, which is why they shut down. That's right. You know, for you, when it comes to the work and the research you've done on purpose and people living this way of being, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how does masculine and feminine energy come into play? This is, talk about synchronicity. This is so funny, Lauren, because I don't overtly focus or talk about you know, masculine versus feminine. However, in my personal life with my friends and my colleagues, it's a very big topic. Yes. And just yesterday, right it was now. with a dear friend and colleague that yeah. we were just like, yes. sparks were flying in our conversation. And it was exactly right on now. this topic of masculine and feminine. And she said, you know, I think, because I was like, you know, I always get pegged. Like I'm super masculine, super masculine. She's like, I'm actually going to challenge you to say, I think you are just you are highly evolved feminine. You're supercharged feminine. And here's why. Yes. And I was like, oh, and so here I bring this up because Heather helped me see this in a different way, which I thought was super cool. Yeah. Was we tend to think of feminine as this like oh, soft yes. And, yes. and like weak or whatever. Highly emotional. Highly emotional. Yeah. Right. And so, but the way in which like the creative forces in the world are either expansive or constrictive, they're expansive or they're pointed. And so feminine energy is very expansive, right? And so the way in which I talk about in all of my work is that there's there an expansive quality because this is where we're actually going to take in. This is inspiration. This is where we can take, this is expansive. This is creative but then there's the constricted quality. Now there's nothing wrong with the constricted quality. We need the constricted quality. But if I were to answer your question and just how you asked it, it would be the way in which it shows up in my work is if we're feeling it out, we're feeling through like what feels really expansive and more in my body and what feels really constricted and really frenzied in my head. And we need both, right? But if we're going to follow the path of inspiration, we need to follow the inspiration inspired thoughts, which is always going to be the expansive one, the constricted ones, which is like, okay, I got to focus. I'm going to achieve this. And that's figuring it out. And that, that aligns with that masculine energy. I've got a, I've got an accomplishment. I've got to make this happen. I've got to drive to this thing. Right. And so both forces are necessary, but if we are going to feel out our inspiration and feel into the path of least resistance to the path of most abundance, it's going to be that expansive quality. So I guess we could say it's really balancing that feminine, which is the expansive and the masculine, which is that pointed focused. Mm. Oh, that was so well articulated. Thank you for that perspective on it. Because a lot of people have these, you know, everybody's creative, right? There's not like certain people are not gifted with creativity. We all have it. Creativity though, either needs to be blocked on the calendar or it needs a day dedicated to it. Like you can't just log into email get through your to-do list and then expect like a book idea to come through. Like that's not how (laughs) it works. Like you have to go, like I have, I've had to learn. I have to go into nature. I was over the weekend in the Adirondack Mm -hmm. mountains, like no service. And I realized how connected we all are. And I was like, 
damn, mm. I like this no service thing. <laughs> like I, I write was so it for you. creative and yeah. to your point in flow. And I was sitting by the water and I was reading and so many ideas came through. Uh-huh. That doesn't happen on the days where I'm doing a bunch of stuff. That's the masculine. And I, I need the masculine. We need both. So yeah. I love that you said, are you creating space for that expansion? And then to bring it all home, the masculine structures it and carries it out. Nothing gets yeah. done without the masculine. You no, know? that's right. So, I mean, you need both. I mean, yeah. it's it's not like we're demonizing either one. No. They're both forces that are necessary, but we don't yeah. want to over-index on either because right. it's unhealthy. Yeah. Well, I just have to say, Amy, thank you for the work that you're doing in the world. Mm-hmm. It really is so powerful and meaningful. And I pray that the executives you coach, that the changes they make in their life trickle down to all of their employees and their team and their families, because it really does start at the top. And I you know, I give a lot of kudos to executives that work with you that actually own up to that we're always a work in progress yeah. uh, because executives hold a lot of power and they hold yes. a lot of money. And that's, right. that's what the last few years has been about. It's like corporate America. How are you stepping up to make this planet better? You know, yeah. and I just, right. it starts with the leaders. That's and exactly all right. being asked to like become the leader in our own life. You know, the main yeah. character, as we say. And I just, I have to say like, your energy never, ever stopped being how you are. <laughs> you are not a burden. You are oh, thank you. Powerful oh, yeah. fucking force. <laughs> like everybody calls me a force to be reckoned with. You are a force to be reckoned with. And you are creating ripples of change, probably change that you don't even see sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I know this conversation is going to hit the hearts of so many people. So thank you endlessly for the work you do. And I just pray mm-hmm. abundance and love continue to flow into your life. Thank you. Goes right back at you, sister. I mean, right here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Our souls. Well, I'd love for you to let people know where they can connect with you, how they can work with you, the book, where you can buy the book and we'll link everything in the show notes guys. For sure. Yeah. So my website is the best place to go. There's a ton of information there, lots of resources. It's always on purpose.com. And I am primarily on LinkedIn these days. Uh Love it. I have an Instagram account. I just don't use it. I just, I, yeah, but I like LinkedIn. So you can find me on LinkedIn and then my book living on purpose. Woo. Here it is. I love it. Isn't this a great cover? I I love the cover. I love it. It's beautiful. It really is. And I love it. It's available where all books are sold and the Amazon is probably the best place, but here's good news. I did my own. I got to narrate my audible. So (gasps) I, yeah. So it's the audio version too, which I'm totally going to get the audio book. (laughs) I can't wait. I love your voice. So I love yours too. We're both low voices. That's right. We are. We do. We do. We have our low voices. Yes, we do. Oh, thank (laughs) you, lady, for coming on. I hope you have the best week. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much for listening to House of Low today. I encourage you to keep going. Who you're becoming is on the horizon, and who you are today is a gift. Never lose sight that you are worthy of all that you deeply desire. Love, love.